0: Welcome. I hope you enjoy the conversation you're about to see between me and another comedian about religion and comedy. These are conversations I'm calling Disorganized Religion. God bless. And for those atheists out there, may nothing await you after this life. Welcome. Hey, nerds. Welcome to another edition of Disorganized Religion. I'm your host, as always, Seth Lawrence. And this week, uh, I am blessed to be joined again by the one, the only, Nick Linsmeyer. And uh, his partner in crime for this episode, uh, the co-partners in crime, the promising up-and-comer, the arch-nemesis of Josh Edelman, Matthew Bell. Do you prefer Matt or Matthew? Um, I go by Matt Bell. Matt Bell. (laughs) Promising up-and-comer, Josh Edelman's arch-nemesis, Matt Bell, everybody. Matt Bell. Hello. (laughs) I'm
1: his arch-nemesis, but he's not mine.
0: Oh. I want to get
2: that it. very yeah. straight.
0: Yeah, so you That's you are against you him. him. Well, he hasn't
1: beaten me yet. So, right. why I, oh. why would I uh look at him like a rival?
0: <laughs> He's so far beneath you.
1: No, I'm just kidding. I love Josh.
0: Very funny. We I all know. love Josh. We all love I've Josh. gotten
1: I've had good nights. My best nights have been against Josh. I like him having there for some reason, I don't
0: know. You just shine. You shine. We need we need opposition, right? We need opposition in order to really excel.
3: And a good luck charm.
0: Yeah, oh, maybe that's it. Maybe he's a good need luck a good, charm. You need a couple
3: good luck charms, I think.
0: <laughs> well, welcome, welcome. Uh, so, what have you guys been up to during the uh, coronavirus?
1: Uh, well, I have been really lucky that my job I got to keep and. I actually got more work
0: because of COVID because I work in, like, health, so. Oh, what aspect of the uh, healthcare market do you operate?
1: I do engineering stuff to, like, make sure everything's FDA compliant, so.
0: Oh, man, look at you. Who knew? Who knew Matt Bell was so highly educated?
1: It's very surprising.
0: (laughs) No, I don't think it's surprising at all. I just didn't know. And how's the family business going, Nick?
3: It's good, yeah, since I was on just a couple months ago, and I'm grateful to be back talking with you guys. Uh, it Not too much has changed. Like Matt, I got more work during COVID, and the company itself is doing all right. Industrial sales are not great. As you probably know, durable goods orders are down. As we all know, mm. uh, people aren't buying as much airplane tape from 3M. So, but Right. Actually, home sales, it's, it's a weird counter uh, like cyclical type recession because last recession, home sales were decimated. That was what drove down the market. In this case, the exact opposite is happening where home sales are actually pretty robust. People are moving out of the city and they have, in a lot of cases, people have money to buy a home. So they're doing that and there's very cheap financing. So wow. that's it's pretty interesting.
0: That is interesting. Good. Any yeah. any I thoughts question on question. Yeah, go for it, Matt.
3: I
1: was very uh, surprised by the words you used. Airplane tape. Yes. Do they use tape on airplanes? They do. There's a there's a particular type of tape. I don't know if I like the sound of
3: that. The three Yeah.
0: A, I don't think it's your garden variety duct tape. No. It's better be better than duct tape. Yeah.
3: It's really so good. you need a very durable container for it. So And then Boeing you know, all the airplane manufacturers use it. In the manufacturing, it's not like a repair tape. It's not like on the outside you, you patch it together. It's, it's internal components, electronics, that sort of thing. Mm. No, I, just, I just
1: need to get it out of the way. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to focus. So. <laughs> <laughs> <What have> you would have just been thinking it, about airplane it's tape. Real. Yeah. It's, that Do either of like like you
0: have a, f- a fear of flying? Or was that going to give you a fear, Matt? I'm not afraid of flying, i know you're not like likely to die but
1: it's definitely like a scary experience <laughs> you know
0: yeah can be exciting how do you, you feel about very people right when you fly
1: you can get in a lot of trouble flying <laughs> like
0: and just you? A...
1: yeah i feel like people are always get like too drunk and then they uh, i would not start a small altercation and then the whole flight test turn around you know?
0: sure know. sure or you you it's just exciting. happen to be a doctor who yeah. needs to get thrown off a plane
1: and you're also w- accounting for like 90 other people to keep their together so you can get to your place on time so it's just like yeah there's a lot in the works so that you go
3: flying what are you mm-hmm. talking about uh seth with a doctor getting thrown off a plane is that is that a movie reference it's not to airplane because doctor did no, but
1: i feel like last year when like flights were actually ending, there was all those things like People, like, saying something racist in the whole flight after they, like, turn around. Oh, do you guys
0: not – no, do you guys not remember? There was – it was maybe a year, year and a half ago now. The guy who needed to fly and they – the Delta Delta or something was was like, hey, we've overbooked the flight and you need to – like, we've picked you to exit the plane. And uh, he was like, no, I'm a doctor. I have to get there. there. Yeah, you could, like, worry about stuff like that now. It's like – They're going to kick me off for no reason.
3: Like this, is- right, right. I forgot that that guy was a doctor.
0: Yeah, he was a doctor. That's why he refused to leave. Is because he was like, I have to make this flight. I have a patient that I need to see. And I guess they didn't care. So, like, what know. type of doctor? I, I don't know. Probably a plastic surgeon. I don't <laughs> know. I, I, yeah, I think he, he might have been a, a pediatrician. I don't know. I don't remember. That's pretty important. Yeah. I mean, every doctor's
3: sort of... He reminded me of Rojin Kim, not because he's Asian, but because (laughs) uh, he was very argumentative.
0: Oh, sure. You had some run-ins with Rojin?
3: No, but I'm following him on... He's very active these days on social media. And he he was very, like, pro the pandemic is a horrible thing early on. And now he's swung the other direction. So it's really been wild to see that oscillation in just a couple of months. Yeah, that is interesting. He thinks that Order. it's overblown right now. Right. And initially he was like, he was not quite at Sarah Lawrence level of convincing people to get their shit together, but yeah. he was like putting together spreadsheets and saying, this is what exponential growth is and it's happening. And hmm. so, yeah, so I guess. He's a math exactly guy. Going. Yeah, he's a <laughs> math, math
0: guy. guy. How dare he?
3: Well, that guy on the plane's
1: defense. Like, have you ever gotten into an argument with a doctor? They do not like to lose arguments,
0: you know? No. No. I, I mean, most people Most people do not like to lose arguments.
3: Oh, this reminds me. I went to the doctor in January because I had a horrible flu. Oh. And, like, the worst I've Should ever had. Did you not
0: breathe? Did you have troubles breathing?
3: I, trouble breathing? I had I had a fever for over a week. Uh, I was sweating at night yeah I all over my body yeah and you know what i went to my doctor because i got a gift from a woman who was in china
0: Uh-huh. And,
3: and i that was a link and i i saw a friend who saw her and she w- was in china and it was it had you know it was starting to become a thing in january i was yeah. paying attention and yeah. then i go to the doctor because i said i want to make sure it's like a week after uh, eight days after i first got symptoms i go to my doctor and i say i want to make sure i don't have coronavirus and He's like. Coronavirus? Are you kidding me? He said the flu kills way more people. This is a physician at UCLA, sure, and he totally dismissed the coronavirus.
0: So he, I mean, it, he made and,
3: me sound like a schmuck.
0: In his defense, or her, her him, him, yeah. So in his defense, uh, that was in January. That was before everybody really knew what was going on.
3: Well, Nassim Nicholas Taleb. I don't know if I mentioned him on the last podcast. I think it I talked about think him. So on a uh, actually, but he's this statistician, like really just smart, logical guy. And he saw this coming, like late last year, he put out a paper in late January, along with another um, like probability guy. And mm-hmm. they, they basically told all the countries of the world, all the governments of the world, how to contain the virus. And if we had followed their measures and worn masks, when he said, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people and trillions of dollars of wealth, would have been preserved so
0: Hmm.
3: you know we should
0: have listened there were some more
3: people we just should have listened shoulda coulda woulda yeah so just follow Nassim nicholas taleb (laughs) Nassim nicholas taleb he wrote a book called the black swan so if you look up nnt was that made into a movie nah it's not it's not about it's not a gay ballerina movie it's about (laughs) numbers it's the exact opposite it couldn't be
0: oh, further from ballerinas. It's a heterosexual about, math book. Nice. That's
3: right. Yeah.
0: Good. Good. And a gay
3: math book, but no, it's mainly just about. Well, you said the opposite white. of a,
0: a gay ballet. What's. Yep. Anyway. I like how in
1: the olden days they used like shamans on peyote to predict, to predict the future. And now we just have like statisticians on Adderall doing it for
0: us. <laughs> <laughs> so Not too like different, things really. Things yeah uh where are you both stationed right now? Remind us where you are, Nick. I'm in Egan, Minnesota, Minnesota. which
3: is between Minneapolis and St. Paul, just to the south a little bit. It's in the mm-hmm. Twin Cities area, yeah. so I was in town when the uh, the George Floyd stuff got kicked off Ooh. and uh I didn't go to the protests for a while. My dad's got cancer and he's got all he's having surgery tomorrow for a uh hernia and so, just like Jeez. all these things, I don't want to give them COVID. Yeah. And, but I did go to the memorial yesterday, actually, in Minneapolis. Now that the crowds have thinned out, there were still mark- marchers, actually. Yeah. And I might say, you can look this up, but there were guys with like automatic weapons, AK 47s, AR 15s. It was wild. Yeah. In the streets
0: of Minneapolis, where. Masks? Uh, Do they have masks? Or just most, guns? Every,
3: most everyone had masks. It was most pretty-
0: everyone. Oh, boy. I mean, people
3: were distancing, though, so that was good. That was, was more great. to hide their identity,
0: yeah, right, right. Not to be safe. Where are you now, Matt? Uh, I'm in East LA. East LA. Oh, so you're still in town. Yep. I got yep. To for work. <laughs> you what? I'm oh, not, for work? I'm a, I'm a
1: brave soul. I'm one of the people, I guess. I don't know. I'm not too afraid of COVID, I guess. I don't Ooh. know. I, I think everyone's just going to get it. Like, yeah. So it's, yeah, I get let's keep people out of the hospitals, but.
0: Right. I don't think anyone disagrees that everyone will get it eventually. It's just uh, trying to prevent the really sick people from getting it until we can really take care of them, right?
1: Until we find yes. something that works. If I I, yeah. I wear my mask and stuff, but
0: so you're not to the level of a hoax. I'm, you just
1: I was a lot more afraid in the beginning, and then I was like, "Holy, shit, why do I have so much anxiety?" Like,
0: oh, now, yeah, like
1: a real. In front of me, problems. Right. It's like a problem out there, but it's yeah, uh, yeah. I have more important to focus on.
0: So, what is your number one problem right now, Matt? What's the number one threat to Matt Bell, other than Josh Edelman, obviously? <laughs> uh, fortunately enough, just working my
1: job. Mm. Starting out, so I gotta do a good job, and I'm a little over my head. So it takes a lot of extra work to stay. Just there, so I'm pretty focused on that mm-hmm. uh, and family stuff. So
0: nice. Is all your family in LA or are they somewhere else? They're up in Moore Park. Oh my gosh, like a transitionary period where ooh, he knew he knew wow. we were talking about him. Answer, answer, answer. I mean, answer, yeah, why not? All right, Josh. I'm doing a, a podcast with with Nick and Matt Bell. Do you remember Matt Bell? <laughs> How can you forget indeed? Uh, You're
2: recording one right now?
0: Right now. We were just talking about you and you called. Am,
2: am I a caller on the podcast? You're a caller into yeah.
0: our podcast. We have a caller, yeah. everybody, the one and the only Josh Edelman.
2: Am I, am I audible? Can, can the world hear me?
0: I think so. I can yes. hear you. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. What
2: were you guys saying about me?
0: Uh, well, Matt was saying how he can't wait to take you down yet again uh, <laughs> when COVID is gone from the earth.
2: I mean, you know, Matt can win all the battles he, he'd like. But we'll see who wins the war. That's. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how you win idea. the war. I, whenever I lose something, it was a it. battle. Whenever I win, it was a war.
0: <laughs> and Not, you'll declare it done.
2: And it's purely in my own
0: head. Right, but, right. Know,
2: but I'll lose and I'll be like, I'm willing to lose however many battles to win the war. Yeah. And then I'll win, I'll win something meaningless. And I'll
0: be like, the war has been won. <laughs> that was it. It's all done. Yeah. yeah I was, you know. I was asking Matt what his current biggest problem is. Cause he said, you know, at the beginning of COVID, he was worried, very stressed out, anxious about it. And then realized, you know, Hey, if I take care of myself, that'll be fine. But I have pressing issues in my life that I have to deal with apart from COVID, which is, kind of an out there problem and so it's i said
2: like, is he dealing with the like internal knowledge that he unjustly won two comedy competitions versus his, his open mic idol
0: oh wow i don't think that i don't know he didn't answer yet what his biggest problem was. i asked him what his biggest problem was other than you and then you called so oh hilarious
2: hilarious yeah um but i, I love i love that oh He's a good
0: guy. How can you not? That's what I also said. How can I not? If
2: I was going to lose to anyone, let it be Matt Bell. Let it be someone I know I'm funnier <laughs> uh, oh. than. Not... <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I'm only, only Joshin uh, uh, hey, any, yeah, any you know, Maybe that'll be the new name of my podcast. I'm only Joshin
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, only Joshin Gosh.
2: Joshin,
0: just Josh. Just Josh. Just you know, Joshin. Just, just just yeah. It's probably be just josh I'm guaranteeing and, and, and nick i will have you know that you will be a
2: guest on an upcoming episode of Time, should you so choose to indulge sure
3: me. you're dangling it over me you know i'm losing sleep over it josh
0: yeah he says he's losing sleep over it
2: he's losing sleep over it. Yeah. i'm just i'm only bringing it's coming back next week and it's going to be weekly now as opposed to you know semi-daily
0: yeah That'll be fun. Well, what a, I'm so glad you chose to announce the uh, return of the grand return of quarantine with Josh Edelman on my podcast.
2: My podcast is going to, my first, my comeback is going to happen before this episode is released. You haven't even released my new episode yet. Correct. Mm
0: -hmm. I think uh, I'm going to have to check the archives. Well, he has to. I think I did release it. I need to, what I, what happened was I've gotten behind Mm -hmm. in posting on Instagram. What'd you say, Matt?
2: it's, it's, it'd be good to know. You know, I've got fans who go and seek out my podcast appearances, Seth. Yeah, I What's know. I got to get on me top me of
0: on? it. What's I know. the point of
2: having me on if I don't post it so Mad Bell knows to go check it out?
0: Right. Well, I mean, blackmail's one, but...
2: Um, competition. Yeah. But I, should, I should let you go. I should stop hogging their podcast. You have... You have Two comics, one of whom might even be funnier than me, according to certain judges in Los Angeles. Um, And then here I am taking up all the time of your podcast.
0: I know. So So selfish. I mean, to Matt Bell's credit, he wanted me to answer the phone. So he's really seeding the limelight to you for this moment.
2: I I love Matt Bell. I miss Matt Bell. I miss Nick. I miss you, Seth. I miss the world. I know. Um,
0: I miss Josh. They miss and, you, too. Uh, it's okay for and two And I'll let, I'll let you get back to your podcast. Oh, wait. Matt has some parting words for you. I'll relay it's them not, to you. Yeah. Because one, 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 we could always just
1: edit this out.
0: Yeah. We could always edit this out, Matt Bell points out.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Um, oh, Seth's to oh, release.
2: Well, well, that that release. Was, why I get, get rid of the best part of the episode?
0: Well, hold on. Matt Bell has another reason. <laughs> hold on. I always
1: cool. talk over people. It's bad.
0: Uh, he has to release my podcast first and your second. Oh, so he has to. You have to release his podcast first. And then no, I.
1: I you're going to post mine first, Josh's second, to keep the trend.
0: going. Oh, oh he's saying that I, if I have not yet already released yours, which I'm fairly confident that I have. But he's he's saying that if I haven't, then I should release his first, just to keep the trend going, where he wins.
2: Oh, oh,
0: oh! Yes, that is what I'm. Uh, flimsy to. logic
2: there, but I get it.
0: Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> Well, Josh, it's always good to have you be a part of this, and uh, we all miss you too, buddy.
2: It's always good to be a part of this. So I'll let you guys go cast some more. Cast some more pods. All right.
0: All right take See care. You, love you. Bye. They love you, Josh. How he actually called to talk about? Uh, he usually calls me so that he does not get accosted on his way home or while he walks around in the evening times. (laughs) So he and my wife are on the same kind of schedule and need me for almost the same things.
2: That's very funny.
0: (laughs) So what is your biggest problem right now, Matt, that you're facing?
1: Um, just been cooped up in my room for four months, I guess. But basically what I was trying to say before, like I was actually very afraid of coronavirus. I was like, Oh, I could die. Yeah. Like after like the first couple of weeks, I was like, I'm probably not gonna die. So like yeah. I can go over that. So before coronavirus, thinking you're gonna die, that's probably your number one problem. So right. coronavirus got demoted down quite a bit. Pretty fortunate. Biggest problem is just work and just uh Takes a lot of my energy, yeah, and then uh, gotta make money,
0: make that dough, make that green. Very uh, yeah. How long you been doing stand up, Matt? Two years now. Two years, oh, nice. Um, and, and
1: what's that into my third now? So, probably May 2018,
0: that's when you started.
1: Yeah, that's how math works. Right? Yeah. yeah.
0: What was your uh, catalytic event? What sent you into this spiral?
1: I wrote a really bad TV pilot and I was convinced that I was good I needed to show it to somebody. Okay. I, like, I got to get in with the comedy crew, got to do stand up. So I just wrote a stand up set and then did pretty good and got hooked on it. I like oh. So kind of thrown away TV writing.
0: Yeah. Just and, was uh, was was TV writing kind of the original dream, or was it just something you were interested in for a time?
1: I think it's definitely still an end goal. Mm-hmm. If you get to the point where just like someone wants me in their writer's room, I think I'd take that job instantly. Mm-hmm. Cartoons, and I think I like. I like to write silly jokes, so I think I would do well writing for like a kids' cartoon or like a teenager cartoon or something.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Oh, very fun. But for now, stand up is the is the passion. Yes. Just
1: chasing that instant gratification, maybe.
0: That's what you're after. Really is, there any, nice. yeah. is there anything else about stand up that you just that keeps you hooked, keeps you coming back, or is it just the immediate knowledge of that joke worked, that joke didn't?
1: Um, I like the competitiveness of it a little bit too. Sure it's definitely competitive even though people don't say it is
0: um so what about it is competitive for you
1: i think like it's a good it's like a healthy competition people like push people to be better comedians like i think that comes shows with bomb people bombing and people getting applause like that's the meter right there mm-hmm. like your stuff
0: yeah and um But what I mean, I guess another aspect of it is, do you find it helpful to measure yourself against others who started when you did or, or is it more helpful to you to say, well, I did this joke yesterday and it didn't go as well, but today, tonight it went better. Do you see what I mean?
1: Yeah. It's like a personal competition.
0: Um, I guess you, you,
1: you don't want to say that you do, but you definitely like, I like, I've been doing how I see this guy all the time, and I feel like I've improved more or something. I don't know. I kind of right. like that, but yeah, yeah, I like both aspects. Absolutely. I'm not getting like happy that they're not progressing, but I'm just happy with the pace because I've been, I put in hard work. So I like to see the, yeah, it show.
0: Yeah. And do you still feel like, Stand-up is a, uh, if you're good, you rise to the top profession, or have you jaded a bit on that?
1: I don't know enough about it yet. Mm. Uh, two years in, I just mostly hit the same open mics, you know, the same people. Yeah. Um, not really within the, the in-crowd, I guess. More like, I don't know. Oh, who's the in-crowd? Now I'm curious. Just like, well, like the... I'd say anyone who goes to the improv regularly. Oh, that's the in, that's a big in crowd. Then, big group. Yeah, like yeah, I'd say it's a very big group.
0: Yeah.
2: And then casual comics,
1: like most of the casual comics are not going to go wait for four hours to not go up.
0: Right. Right.
1: Go up, bop.
0: Yeah. Who uh, do you have the same estimation on the in crowd, Nick, or do you have a different definition, or is there an in crowd you think?
3: Yeah, I think that is a fair assessment. It's certainly people who are putting themselves out there to an extent that I'm similar to Matt in the amount of time I've been doing stand up mm-hmm. and the types of mics that I do. I I think I've gone to the improv a couple times for the mic. I've never gotten up, and I just got fed up with waiting. And yeah, uh, I feel like it's a definite path, but it's not the only path, and right. it doesn't feel like a fun. It doesn't have the, a good energy like a lot of the other places do from my experience.
0: Hmm. Do you have a similar estimation of the, uh, energy Matt at the improv? I
3: don't
1: know. I'm always, I'm trying to like, I feel like I'm always just articulating my, how exactly I feel wrong, especially, but
0: are you in a relationship with a woman right now? Is I that why that
1: you people who are like more dedicated to being a stand-up comedian? Sure. Others. So I'm not saying it's like a click it's yeah. a group of people I associate oh, well, they're,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an outward signal of, you know, I'm taking this seriously. Yeah. 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 Good or
2: bad.
1: A lot of them are great. A lot of them are not as great as the other ones, but they're still, they're all pretty good.
0: Same right. level of dedication though. That's the commonality. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and what about the, the oh,
1: I what? Measure- those are a lot of the people I use as my measuring stick.
0: Yeah. Right. I think Wait. that makes sense. Um, Nick, what about the vibe at the Improv? Do you not appreciate? I think is it the competitiveness it is, or what? Sorry,
3: I don't know that it's the people themselves that are as much to blame as just the environment. If you're shoulder to shoulder with people, you're just not going to be as relaxed as if you're at the comedy cafe. Shout out mm. to gilmanente and all his great work, where you have a literal throne to sit in, food <laughs> to you know eat. And, uh, you can spread out a little bit. So yeah. Yeah. So just lends itself to a more relaxed, I don't know, collegiate atmosphere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That throne. Uh, so there are some who listen to the podcast who have not been to the LA open mic scene. Uh, they've not been to, to Joe's comedy cafe. So maybe describe this throne of which you speak for them. It's not on stage.
3: It is not on stage. It is facing the stage. It's dead center in the room. Joe Menente is so uh, wonderfully put together a nice room on Hollywood Boulevard in Thai Town. I believe the place used to be a cafe. From when I, I talked to him about it, and he got he inherited the throne from the previous tenant. Ah. And he at first got it for free, and then he had to pay for it, which Oh, stunk, But Anyway, it's this huge. It's got to be a couple hundred pound wooden throne that is a giant wingback. You know, you're sitting and you're you're a king. It's you know red velvet, and so people they sit in there and people do roasts. The number of people uh, probably listening to this will have witnessed or heard of the roast of Monty Mm. It's fun and uh, a lot of great uh, up and coming comics on a little higher level than myself I, I think Matt could have easily performed there but I just think this is a, this is a high caliber of people very funny and so yeah. anyway that's that's the sort of thing that happens at that venue is roasts and you know shows but they're not necessarily they don't take themselves so seriously uh as the improv and frankly they, they're not usually going to get as well paid of people but I think they're, they still have a lot of great content
0: yeah yeah for sure for sure um, yeah there's a there's a nice vibe at some of the slotted mics, uh, which is good, which is good. Mm-hmm. you need that support, right uh all right, I wanna where are you from, Matt? Are you from l a or did you move to l a uh,
1: No, I was born in New York City, oh, when I was four, like right outside of New York City to Connecticut, and then um stayed there until I was eighteen. And then we moved to California, where I did one year of high school, and school in Colorado,
0: and then mm-hmm. and then LA. Yeah, and
1: then I've just stayed.
0: So did you move out here for you said college is why you moved out here?
1: Uh, no, my family moved out here. My dad worked out. Oh, got it. it was I nice. I kind of to California.
0: Got it. So you were here when you started stand up? It wasn't. Like you yeah. could have chosen to go back to New York because family was there. No, my family's out here now. Yeah, cool. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, were you uh, were you raised religious?
1: You know, raised Protestant. Um, not really forced on us. The Protestants not, don't really like shove down your throat that much. They kind of like right. day school, but we would do like make. Like, Crazy science experiments and stuff like tornadoes in a bottle and stuff. And then sure. We color in Jesus. You
0: know All that? right. Did they did they tie those two ideas together, the tornado and the bottle and and the Lord and Savior, or did they just leave them?
1: I don't know if the teacher was not good, or if I just wasn't paying attention, or if I just didn't want to learn. I don't
0: remember. Yeah, so oh, fair right. enough. Fair enough.
1: I forget the moral of that story.
0: I so, do remember it being a cool science experiment though. Yeah. They did
1: so, well, I guess
0: did you I do you still identify as Protestant or or have you uh, sort of left the faith uh, yeah I'm pretty atheist I don't know like agnostic side of atheist or atheist atheist uh, I
1: definitely believe in like a higher power in a sense okay I think it's beyond anything we could see can conceive which I guess Yes, yeah, so yeah, I do believe in God, but I don't believe in any organized religion.
0: Yeah. Well that's fair. So so you might consider yourself spiritual, just not religious?
1: Definitely spiritual. Um I think about this all the time. Um I kind of believe we live in a computer simulation.
0: I've- oh, all right. So the matrix outlook online? Yes. Okay. Um so I studied
1: DNA in college and it's basically just computer code. Mm-hmm. So it's like an organic based computer system. So it's like an organic computer simulation. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, I it a lot in school. I don't know. It's hard to like, I also studied evolution. Yeah. So I kind of want to go back and read the Bible. So, and um, I don't know. I haven't thought about it that much.
0: Yeah. I mean, growing up, were you taught that evolution was contrary to the Bible?
1: No. I think just
0: growing up, I was just
1: taught just like be a good person. Sure. Basically. Just be good and love people. Turn the other cheek. Yeah. I think my parents did a good job raising us. Um, All my brother's and sisters are very good people. Um, not a lot of malice. Oh. And yeah, lives. My little brother is going to school to be a doctor. Oh. So, what
0: kind? Pretty- kind that gets thrown out of Delta flights, or? <laughs>
1: I don't think he's specified yet. I don't know. Yeah, but probably he's Asian. So. Oh man. <laughs> yeah.
0: Is he really Asian? Do you have an adopted brother? that be cool. yeah. My
1: mom is pretty religious. Um, like she adopted four children. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, she was like, she thought, she was like, it's a Christian thing to do.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah. So he, So your younger brother really is Asian? Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, that's very cool. I
1: have a half Asian family because I do have a half Asian
0: family. Yeah. So are you the oldest yeah. and then they adopted or? I'm the
1: second oldest. Uh, my mom had my older sister and then me. And then she was like, no more of this. And yeah.
0: Then,
1: uh, let's just adopt them.
0: Gotcha. So, so did your family adopt kids from all over the world or did you just China and Vietnam? Okay. So you just tried to colonize the Asian countries. Good for you.
1: (laughs) Yes, pretty much.
0: Yeah. No, my wife has, uh, three Asian siblings, one that was adopted from Hong Kong, uh, one and then two that were adopted from Kazakhstan. So there is much more, I think, Asian influence in her family than the other way around. You know, I want to meet them. I was (laughs) just literally
1: talking to my mom the other day about how I've never met anybody from Kazakhstan.
0: Oh, no kidding!
1: Have you met anybody from Kazakhstan before?
0: Yeah, me? Yeah, I mean, my my sisters-in-law are both from. Are you trying to like mispronounce it on purpose, or what's happening? No, am I mispronouncing it? Kazakhstan. I think it's Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. What did North I say? Is the Kazak- Kazakhstan Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. was just is that reading wrong? About, Kazakhstan. They plant a lot of trees there. I like that. They plant a lot of trees in, like of trees in, in Kazakhstan, and yeah, Kazakhstan?
3: Moved their, they moved their capital Kazakhstan. about twenty years ago. Yeah, because steppe region. Right. Uh, tell me why. I don't know the exact thinking, but it was an autocratic decision.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it had to do with where the leader was from or something.
3: And yeah they changed the name out of the most recent president. Yeah. And they planted a million trees to try to cut down on the wind, which I love. That's if I were a, a, any type of autocratic leader, I'd just you plant a million
0: trees. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Let's wait now 50 years and then we won't have any more wind.
3: Well, it's been 10-15 the trees are growing well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh good. Good. I'm surprised you know that are much you checking about checking on the trees. Yeah, do they have a live Atlanta? stream? you're finding the shadows on google earth Mm -hmm. you're just tracking them hey guys look how much more shadow we have this year yeah Yeah, it's amazing (laughs) Uh, and remind me Nick what is your religious background
3: raised uh, Protestant as well Lutheran and I kind of uh, yeah yeah Um, (laughs) very liberal you know Minnesota uh, Protestant we had like women pastors and all that. And I, I was very religious, you know, religious family, relatively speaking up until, uh, college. And then into college, I, got, I found a, like a Methodist group and then like a evangelical group on campus. And then I studied abroad in Hong Kong mm-hmm. and then I kind of, I got some distance and I got to just see how wonderful those people are, the people of Hong Kong who come yeah. from all over the world. Yeah, And, uh, you know, it's a very international city and very few religious people, but still wonderful people. And I was yeah. like, you know, what? I, I just, I got away from it. But now uh, in the last year or so, I've had a friend who's reintroduced me to Christianity. And it's a good thing. I, I think it's a really good thing. I think Jesus, so, you know, son of God, remarkable.
0: Yeah. I think, I think like, Jesus
3: <laughs>
1: I, yeah that's, i think that's
0: Jesus the quote. is quote a good that's thing the quote for the podcast yeah. I think Jesus. i think jesus sometimes so matt what <laughs> what drew you away from your faith um it can be a little boring like just the church service or the entire idea of the gospel is boring um I don't know, just. Because I agree, church can be boring. Going to
1: church does not sound appealing to me at all. Like, yeah. Um, sitting through that does not sound fun. Yeah. I want to read the Bible, but I know a lot of this. Most there's some good stories in there, but I know a lot of it's just like really hard to read through junk. That's, mm. that's a hard word to say, but like dense. Yeah. Like
0: you don't, well, you won't pull a lot
1: out of it, but there's a lot of words. Right. Yeah.
0: That is why most people read the Bible multiple times, right? So yeah, you got to um, yeah get more meaning out each time.
1: I think I'll read read the New Testament.
0: You know Good what I've one.
3: actually found? Yeah, the New Testament's great. Uh, I've found that when reading uh, the Bible, it helps to uh, have read like a Jewish author, contemporary author, because sometimes hmm. I get I get like too like distracted, like the language is just not flowing. But then yeah. I've read. Been reading Rodney Dangerfield's autobiography recently, and there's a rhythm to it, and you get that with the Bible. It's just like you got to keep going. It's a it's a this and a that, and hey, it's almost Jackie Mason as well. So uh, that's a at, tip. At oh, first,
0: I thought you were suggesting that Rod Rodney Dangerfield was a contemporary author with yeah. with the Bible.
3: Yeah, no, he was. He's an old was an old man, but he wasn't that old. He wasn't a yeah. two thousand year old man. Right,
0: Bush. right. Y'all listen to that. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield reading the Bible. Yeah. yeah, that would be amazing. That would be three hundred
1: hours of Rodney
0: Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Matt, with your computer simulation idea of our reality, what what awaits us? What awaits you? You die. What awaits? What's waiting for you? Or nothing? Probably nothing. All right. Yeah, yeah. And do you? I mean, is that? For most people I talk to in normal life, that's a very depressing thought. But most people I've had on this podcast, they find that actually very liberating, very freeing. There's nothing waiting. How do you feel about it?
1: Uh, I think it's a little liberating. Not to worry about going to hell, even though I do worry about going to hell sometimes. Because that's how oh, do you?
0: Is that just the that sounds the... a little scary?
1: I'm like, I don't want to be a bad person.
0: Yeah did did your Protestant faith talk a lot about hell or? no okay just from your own study of it just like
1: what if the catholics were right that's what i think
2: <laughs> their hell
1: sounds terrible
2: right? yeah <laughs> sure
1: <They're> yeah <laughs> yeah, so yeah the versions yeah. of hell the do the, the jews don't even have hell right correct
0: like, again yeah, i think I'm for the jews this is their hell
1: my mom is half jewish gotcha so she definitely didn't have religion force on her. Mm-hmm. She's like religious on my Jewish on my thought fa- from her father. So technically I'm not really Jewish. Right. Even though it's from my mother but it got like disconnected. Because
0: of her dad. Your yes. grandpa. Yeah.
1: So like I don't think she was raised religious. She just is religious.
0: Um, yeah. So she's still going to church?
1: Uh, not now. But no, no. yes, Sue will go.
0: Yeah. She, oh, yeah. You mean because of coronavirus, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also yeah. think
1: no. she wasn't going that much before, but there, she's gone through phases, where she was
0: long. Yeah. So for, for uh, this is a question for both of you. How, how have your beliefs changed, if at all, during quarantine or because of COVID-19? Reinforced. Reinforced. It's Reinforced. <laughs> it's, this has shown you there is no God up there. Oh, no, I believe in, like... Oh, you believe in a higher power. That's it's right. It's like something had to make us. Like, something had to make us. Like. So you don't think Big Bang did it? Or you think something drove Big Bang to happen? Something made Big Bang, and
1: I'll never be able to answer that until I die, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of excited to die, because you're going to see what happens on the other side, but but i thought you said there was nothing there could be something though okay (laughs) all right uh, i do i don't know Hmm. i i can't wrap my head around multiple dimensions sure enough to do that so i just look at like the biology side i think there's like code to everything
0: yeah yeah Yeah. so So do you believe that there's a perfect code and that that is perhaps this entity, the, this perfected code out there that is trying to replicate itself until it finds itself or.
1: I don't know. Mm. I don't know. The, I definitely do think humans are just DNA trying to replicate.
0: Yeah.
1: Being a Darwinist in that sense, which is why the coronavirus just like reinforces just the, uh,
0: you sort really of natural order of heard, things. I guess I
1: never really heard of the perfect code theory. So you're saying everything's trying to push to be the perfect DNA?
0: Well, I mean, scientifically, right? Everything actually pushes to break apart, right? That's entropy. Yes. Um, but that's I do. That's
1: what you do when you program computers, you try to shorten the program.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I yes, but that's someone that is constantly putting in input, right? If you leave nature to its own devices, typically it breaks down over time.
3: I think it depends on what scale you're looking at. If it's, you know, a macro scale versus a micro scale, micro scale of an organism's lifespan versus a macro scale of generations of organisms.
0: Uh, yeah, there they... you go. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a useful distinction to make.
3: I think... Uh... You know, things get more robust over time. It's kind of anti-fragile. To go back to Nassim Nicholas Taleb. But here's a book, Matt, that I think and probably other listeners would like. It's by Francis Collins, who is the current head of the National Institutes of Health. And he... um,
0: The title of the book is Language of God.
3: The Language of God. And basically, he talks about how evolution and God can co... And evolution, uh, science in general, and God can coexist. Those two oh, ideas are that's not, great! Yeah, are not necessarily mutually m- mutually exclusive as a lot of people would like to think they are. You know, like right? That which which uh, I uh, Kentucky, yeah. Or yeah. York.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there are those on the religious side that don't think science uh, is beneficial, and there are those on the science side that don't think religion is at all beneficial. I think it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. But I guess uh, the
1: most yeah. religious text I've ever written is probably the ri- uh, River to Eden.
0: Hmm. It's
1: like Charles Darwin, it's just about Darwinism. And about how DNA is just trying to replicate.
0: Yeah. Pretty much our whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Wow, well, very interesting. Uh, so, Nick, how is your. That. Ha, ha, what's that? I recommend
1: that book. So I forget who it's, bad, which is bad.
0: But. All right. What's the title one more time?
1: The River to Eden.
0: The River to Eden.
1: God, I hope that i right
0: we'll find out, I guess. Out. Uh, and Nick, how about for you? Have your thoughts, beliefs changed at all since we last spoke?
3: Well, I would say that since we last spoke, I was—I think I was reading the Bible more consistently pretty much every night. Uh, the last time we spoke now I've been getting distracted. I've been, I was meditating before the pandemic and I was reading the Bible more consistently. And then recently I've used, the excuse of the pandemic and staying with my dad uh, is like, a, oh, I don't have to meditate because I want to spend more time with him. It takes mm. time away from him. Uh, but then, of course, I'm like a really, I'm a <laughs> if I don't meditate. So it, it's making more bad time together. It's actually quite counterproductive. Um, and then I've been like listening to a lot of podcasts because like Elaine Maxwell was just uh, arrested last week. That'll date this episode. Um, and so, anyway, just there's a lot of crazy things going on in the world, and I, I, there's too much information about it. So I've been I've been letting myself get distracted, which I shouldn't do. I got to center myself again.
0: Uh, all right, we had a little technical difficulty apparently, but we're back. We're back now. Um, so you notice there's a, a big difference for you when you meditate versus when you do not meditate.
3: Uh, yeah, I think in general, just having structure to my day and and being you know, at least somewhat disciplined in a few regards. I like to do core workouts cause I got a back issue and I, I think a bit of meditation, a bit of uh scripture reading and a bit of other reading and mm-hmm. work and writing. You know, I think if I can do that and then I can fit in distractions between, but I, I, I do need, I think some stuff to rely on.
0: Yeah. Feel- so um, Matt, what, uh, what, principles or um i guess kind of rules do you give yourself for for being a good person is it tied to religion or not at all or tied to your religious upbringing or not at all
1: i've always wondered um because there's always a the temptation to do bad things but i have a pretty like heavy conscience,
0: mm-hmm. conscience. Yeah, yeah uh, I would call that the light of Christ too much but things go on. The, yes. Yes. So
1: Yeah, you yeah, know what I, even small things I feel like really guilty about later. So it's like never worth the anxiety later. So I think that's the main honestly the main reason for me to be nice to a person is for my Yeah.
0: Own. So where does that come from? Have you thought about where the that feeling originates?
1: Um I think if time anything bad has happened to you, you know the feeling and you're like, I don't want to do that to somebody else. And that's pretty mm.
2: what it is. Gotcha.
0: But why do you, why do you I think, love? I mean, why do you think we are programmed that way? Or do you think, I mean, does that make, question make sense? Because I mean, most like an economic view of human beings is that you should be self-interested sort of the very, like the very essence of Adam Smith economics is do what's best for you, which will benefit the society in totem. But, you know, stealing something because it might be beneficial to you might not actually be beneficial to everyone else.
1: This podcast asks a lot of very hard to answer questions.
0: We're trying to find the meaning
1: of everything of here, Matt. How do you tell me the meaning of life right now? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. So, okay, no, but I know what you're saying. Um, is it evolutionary advantageous to be nice? I think it is to be nice. Uh, teams always get more things done than mm. a person by himself. And yeah. I think it takes a moron. You're going to die if you try to do this by yourself. Join us. Oh, you can't join us if you're being a dick. Mm. So if you want to like survive and thrive, be selfish and be part of the team.
0: Yeah. Be selfish in certain aspects, perhaps. Yes. Be yeah. self, be good to yourself by joining the team. Uh huh. Gotcha. Yeah. I can get behind that. I can get behind that. Uh, beautiful. All right. Are you guys ready for the best segment of all?
1: What is that?
0: I'm going to get Um out? Where you guys get to ask me now questions about the Mormon faith and my thoughts on spirituality and religion in the segment i'm calling what's the deal with Mormons do you want Do you want Nick to take the lead on this one Matt or yeah, I'm sure Nick has better questions all right, but if there's anything you've thought of as we've been discussing, fire away. I had more questions in the beginning. <laughs> Let's Not so it. much
1: anymore. Not so much anymore. <laughs> Asking too many hard-hitting questions. So
0: like, oh no! And we jolted them out. They'll come back to you. They'll come back to you. The computer. You just got to reboot. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, Seth,
3: when you're yep. on your mission and you're proselytizing to people around yeah. the world, or in your case, uh, in in our own American backyard, where was it again? It was in the Canada. Middle-
0: Canada. Yeah, the neighbors to the north.
3: Um when that happens, uh-huh. do you ever have any like cultural exchange to learn about their religion? I this is uh if 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 I may, a two part question. That Ooh. and is there right. any sort of like Rumspringa type which is uh the uh Amish, you know, like exploring of uh non-religious life? Is there is there a sort of encouragement to look beyond the faith of Mormonism, LDS? and uh you know have a real foundation in in what the world is about
0: uh so we go on missions when we are now 18 uh when i served the recommended age for men was 19 for women it was 21 now it's 18 for men and i think uh 19 it might be 20 for women i forget um so they've even decreased it uh before I left, I felt a personal need to know and understand a little bit better religions of the world. So I took a course at BYU on religions in the world uh, or religions of the world um, and found that very beneficial. Um, my experience in my mission though, was talking to people. Most of them were, were more like you, Nick, or more like Matt Bell who had, grown up with a certain religion religion and then had since left it um and and really felt like a relationship with god if there is a god would be more personal than dictated under some sort of religious hierarchy so it was beneficial in some respect but certainly if i'd gone you know asian speak like to to an asian country or um somewhere in the Middle East, it would have been much more beneficial because there's, I think, a heavier tie culturally to religion and spirituality Mm -hmm. than there was in Canada. Most people in Canada, at least in Quebec, where I was serving, raised Catholic, non-practicing. That was like 90% of people I talked to.
3: Thank you. Good to know.
0: Yeah, yeah. There is not necessarily a push from the church to do that. Um, I don't think the church there's not a negative you know there's not a push against doing that from the church either I think it's just you know you prepare the best you can the church's stance is the best preparation is to be you know sure in your own faith so get the best testimony and witness of your own faith that you can before going out for me that included uh, understanding a little bit about other religions so find common points I think I got both parts is that both parts Yes, sir. Thank you. Good.
1: I like how Nick just asks a question, you answer
0: me. He's just like, thank you. I asked a question, you answered me. It's an exchange of ideas. You. Yes. Uh, so, Matt, did you think of anything? Yes. Good.
1: Have you ever convinced somebody to become a
0: formant? Um, the short answer is yes. The nice. long answer is we never do that. Right, the spirit does that. So, uh, I certainly, mm. I certainly taught people uh, on my mission. While I was teaching in my entire two years of my missionary service, there were three people who I baptized. Um, two of them left the church. A few months after I left the area, they got in an argument with another member of the congregation after I left about the Bible versus the Book of Mormon. The guy who converted to the faith, he and his wife, the the man was a one-legged preacher uh, who had made his living going around to small fishing villages in Northern Quebec preaching. That's a good convert right there. Yeah. So he loved the Bible. And, uh, and you know, our, my faith, we love the Bible as well. Uh, but we do put the book of Mormon on a bit closer link to God than we do the Bible. So for us, we, we do think the book of Mormon, uh, is a good companion to the Bible, but we're very, uh, concerned about reading the book of Mormon every day. Um, in addition to reading the Bible. So, he got in an argument about which book I think was most important and uh, was very offended that, that the Bible was not that book. So he and his wife ended up leaving the church, but their son, so the couple were like 70, their son was 50. And he also converted to the faith and stayed in the faith as far as I know. Nice. So
1: he wasn't a good convert. I didn't take it back. He was
0: a great convert. He just uh, wasn't, I guess, lost all the his way life. in. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how that's all going to get sorted out. It's, uh, you know, It's tough. I mean, that was hard as a missionary to work hard, to find people that were open and receptive to the message that we brought, to see their lives improve because of the message that we brought to them. Um, to see, you know, the spirit working in their lives, and then to have that ruined because of a stupid argument—that's that's kind of frustrating. So, yeah. You know. But what can you do? You know, I believe I believe that everything will be sorted out at uh, the Great Judgment Day, and that we will all exit Judgment Day perfectly happy with our situation. Do
1: you, do you blame arguments and stuff like that? Uh, like the devil
0: um i guess somewhat i mean i think you know I, i think temptations and things come from come from uh our you know our fallen state i don't think the devil takes a very active role in all of our lives he might might be more active than i than i give him credit for um but I think, you know, we're all naturally inclined. You know, we talked about we don't like losing in comedy competitions. We don't like being wrong in arguments. I think there's a, a very natural aspect to that that's not necessarily like the devil is whispering to us constantly to be upset. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess kind of, but I don't think it's a direct, you know, angel and devil on the shoulder situation for everybody. I do think we all battle, right, with our, with our the person that we want to be versus the person that that we might naturally be without thinking about it. If that makes sense, there's a there's a phrase in my faith called the natural man, which is like the fallen. <laughs> is that Ryan? That is Ryan. Jeez.
3: Holy oh, God, the dot. <laughs>
0: Unbelievable.
3: He knew we were in talking to you
0: yeah No, he, he's like oh it's a one
3: hour podcast <laughs>
0: <laughs> they must be done they must be done all right i'll switch that so that it doesn't bother it's us. nice
1: of him to assume that we have recorded the perfect podcast a one hour
0: podcast for right we hour, could have so. we could have done it it's um natural man. It. yeah there's a phrase that we call you know that we use called the natural man which is like our fallen state so we believe that you know adam and eve lived in the garden of eden that was all in God's presence, right? Um, in, in a higher state of being. And that when they did whatever it was they did to uh, get kicked out of the Garden of Eden, um, that that was a literal falling of the earth. The earth separated uh, Adam and Eve. They all separated from God. So f- they fell from his glory and presence. And that's, that's uh, why we're all here.
3: What so, wrong, what's that? I'm sorry. I'm just curious if uh, you would feel bad about profiting off of that guy's life story—that one-legged uh, Quebecois preacher. That's a hell of a story.
1: That's a great like story, a, like a good Wes Anderson film.
0: And he looked just like John Wayne. I mean, oh. exactly like John Wayne. So that's a Wes Anderson. Yeah.
1: and to puppets, a three-legged <laughs> preacher man
0: yeah we, uh, we was one legged or three
3: legged.
1: Okay. one-legged
0: preacher man on you.
3: i'm sorry to interrupt
0: you what were you no oh, you're my, fine i was, was just saying good. that we have a natural state that is a fallen state so this is where we get kind of our selfishness from this is where we you know get sort of the 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 less uh positive aspects of ourselves and that that leads to most of the bad things that happen so that was, that was
3: very uh, instructive of me and very exemplary for me to do that. So you're welcome that I interrupted you because it was totally my natural man. It was
0: because of your natural man. And so, you know, for me, faith, my faith is a lot of it is about using the atonement of Jesus Christ to rise above the natural man. So, yeah. There's work then, to be done. There is work to be done. How dare that you? Mean, you guys shave a lot. Do what? Do you guys shave a lot? Uh,
1: yeah. Let's view on body hair in the Mormon Church.
0: Go for it, all natural, baby. Um, okay, so you'd be
1: natural in that sense.
0: Right. I mean, as a missionary, like as a missionary, we were uh, asked to shave facial hair, so no facial hair as a missionary. Uh, that was not that difficult for me because I don't grow very much facial hair at all nick you might have been devastated i don't know um what's the
3: thinking there is there a scripture
0: i don't think there's a scripture it's more just about public appearance it's it's easier to maintain a clean face than some scruffy bearded mug
3: oh i feel personally (laughs) assaulted by the lds church my goodness so
0: (laughs) that's just if you were to be a missionary though um and or a BYU student there was a time I think they've changed it now but I think there was a time at BYU where you could not they might not have changed it but there was no facial hair for for kids at BYU it's
3: like the military is yeah do you know any old people in uh the LDS faith who have facial hair because like none that I can think of famous ones have it certainly not Mitt Romney or
0: well yeah you know. certainly not Mitt Romney um I mean, yeah, there are lots of people. There are no famous people that I can think of currently today that have facial hair. But if you go back, I mean, Joseph Smith had facial hair. There's a really good picture of Brigham Young with a beard far more outstanding than yours. Oh. Um, Trying to remember, I think Lorenzo Snow was uh, probably, I think he got consistently the award amongst the youth for uh, best facial hair, which was kind of an ironic, you know, we gave it because it looked awful. Lorenzo Snow, spelt with a Z in Lorenzo. <laughs> Lorenzo Snow. Feel free to look him up and see if I was right. There's one guy that has like this very odd, two-pronged facial hair growth. Oh going wow!
3: On. Yeah.
0: Is that that's is kinda, that right?
3: That's kind of like old, uh, old Nick or whatever. That uh, I don't know. It's hard to say.
0: Yeah. No, that's not the one I was thinking of. But that's a well, good beard, that's, though. That's a
1: haircut, though.
0: Yeah. I, I, I don't remember now year. who had the crazy. Um But a lot of the early leaders of the church had facial hair. It has uh since gone out of style. I don't know. There's no... uh
3: It's kind of a prong.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Love, that might have been true. what I was thinking of. Anyway. So it used to be in vogue. It's not in vogue anymore. There's no scripture that prevents it i I think it's more just let's present a clean front as a church i think it's more just aesthetic now than anything else but might change i hope it does i hope they let all all walks of facial hair that's all right yeah but no i mean people you know you could be baptized with a beard no problem uh once you're outside of byu a mission uh Yeah, grow a mustache, grow a beard. I tried for like four months to grow a mustache and it barely came in. So,
1: how would they tell you? We just like go to church one day and then be like, oh, by the way, you guys can do beards now.
0: So, the church takes your email. We actually have every member is cataloged. Yeah. Yeah. So, when the (laughs) church wants to make an announcement, they now send out an email. We get emails. Do you have to give them your passwords? uh no to our accounts no yeah they must no. have
3: like the highest click-through rate of any listserv ever right like, everybody reads email
0: yeah otherwise you're damned to all eternity for i don't all. think you're damned you're just going to be out of the loop you'll have to wait I
3: missed one yeah you're gonna have to wait as matt bell <laughs>
0: suggests you're gonna have to go to church and someone to be like hey by the way you can't wear blue ties to church anymore
3: man do they better pick good hours for emails. Like they're not going to be sending them super early or super late. Right. They, <laughs> they have like, is it a, like a lunchtime thing? Is it, I'm curious. <laughs> is it? Do they have
0: weekend emails? Uh, most of the emails I get, uh, if I remember are during the week because that's when church offices are open. So anyone who's sending the email would be typically at, at work. Right. Mm-hmm. um, I don't know. They might have it staggered out for different markets around the world. I have no idea. No Man, that's,
3: idea. that's kind of North American centric, though, because offices are in Salt Lake City. I wouldn't want they to have that. Well, they have, uh,
0: they have offices. They have an, a church office building in Hong Kong. They have offices kind of a, a, around the world. Got it. And it um,
3: so any of them can send an email. I'm yeah. curious about this logistics. It's fascinating.
0: Yeah, as it's, long as they have the internet, they can send an email. Yeah.
1: Is that why your friends adopted from Hong Kong?
0: Um, no, they were uh so my 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 wife, her dad, so my father-in-law, that's how that all works, um he was teaching at a university in Hong Kong. Oh, that's cool. yeah just curious.: yeah, yeah, yeah so they wow. they they've had a lot of ties to Hong Kong as they've grown up. I mean, he taught there for a long time uh, until my wife was almost thirteen, then they moved to Arizona. Or to Utah when she was thirteen. Which
3: one was it by the way? Which university?
0: Um HKUST.
3: Okay. HKU, sure.
0: Yeah. We're a
1: very respectable
0: institution. It is, yeah. Yeah, it is. So he, he was Probably hired edit, on yeah. um to help them build up their accounting program at HKUST. Cool. He was kind of one of their American big guns to go over there and teach. Yeah. So uh Anyway, not anymore. What do you mean, not anymore? China now. I mean, they're fighting, they're fighting hard to prevent as much of it happening as quickly as possible.
3: Well, I think it's kind of an uphill battle. You can be imprisoned for life for anything deemed against the state.
0: Yeah, which is really sad. Horrible. Yeah. So I don't know. I hope everybody else is there. What's that?
1: Everybody who's there loves it.
0: Well, they have loved it. I I think that opinion will change quite quickly. Um, And a lot of them, I I wonder if a lot of them are going to take Britain, you know, England up on their easy out pass.
3: Taiwan as well. It's going to take them a bunch.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Anyway, there's a lot going on. It's probably why (laughs) China started the coronavirus, so we'd all forget.
2: (laughs) Yep. Anyway.
0: Uh, any other questions before I let you guys plug whatever it is you got going on? I have
1: nothing. To- <laughs> um, well, this been been to my... No,
0: no, no other questions. All the other questions I have, I can just like Google, like, do you guys not allow- you do that? You're going to get some okay. anti-Mormon site. You're going to be like, I can't believe. No, it's just, like,
1: do Mormons have to, like, not allowed to work on Sundays and, like, stuff like that. Like.
0: So there's a lot of, like, um, I, I guess what I'll say with all the not allowed stuff is, is we are encouraged not to do certain things. Um, You're allowed to dance? Yeah, we can dance. Okay. We're allowed cool. to dance. We cannot dance, but we're allowed to do it. It's not, it's not footloose. Um, Yeah. So you can work on Sundays, right? I think there's a, a social stigma that comes with working on Sunday unless you're a doctor, you know, unless you have some sort of like, Oh, well, we understand you're actually doing the Lord's work on the Sabbath. Typically though. Right. We're, we're encouraged not to work on, on Sunday.
1: Discouraged to be sick on Sunday too so the doctor
0: can yeah right if you can plan your illness around <laughs> the sabbath that would be that would be preferable and really if you're living your life righteously you should not be sick so
1: oh so you're saying if you get covid you're we're not-
0: you are you are sinning there's something in your know, life well. that you need to correct
1: well what if you're asympt- asymptomatic
0: well then i guess uh you don't know that you're sinning. That's probably me. I don't know. I don't know. It's all made up. It's all made up. I don't really believe any of those things. That's people good. we get sick because they're in contact with someone else that's sick or something that was touched by a sick person.
1: Like they're boogers.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like they're boogers. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. All right. Where can people find you? You two fools. Instagram. Is that what's used most?
1: I'm on the I'm on the Gram. I'm yeah. on uh, the Gmail. The Gmail. Gmail me at m a b e two zero four eight at gmail
0: dot com. Oh, all right. I'll
1: have and to you remember You can follow that. me on Instagram at Matt bell. No. Only one L on that last Bell.
0: Okay, I'll put I'll put those both in the show notes. Do you want your email in the show notes? Absolutely. All right. Wow, look at you just putting My out your personal platform. info. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Nick? People find you on Instagram, right?
3: Indeed. My last name, Linsmeyer, spelled like uh, the town of Linz but with an S instead of a Z. And uh, Man, that was so clear. Like like, like uh, Meyer Lansky, the great Jewish uh, <laughs> mobster of the 30s and 40s. So yeah. just those things, which we're all familiar with. And then, um, right, yeah, I'll put out my email. Why not? It's uh, nick <laughs> at okay, dot at gmail.com. So.
0: One more time? Uh,
3: it's my first name, last name at gmail. Oh, beautiful people. If you want to email me.
0: Yeah, no, just for me so that I can put it in the show notes. Oh, very good. You know, uh, excellent. Well, anything you guys want to plug Any podcast? You're starting TV pilots. You're ready to submit zoom shows. You want to start Instagram live shows that you won't do. I will be doing
1: the platinum package in four or five minutes when it's finally, uh,
0: Oh, when it's no longer on Instagram live.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's a person. Keep
0: that's an a eye wise, out for that. It's a wise move. Thank you, Ryan the Cable Viewer.
3: Yeah, I'll probably be doing the same thing at some point. We uh, have been keeping, we've all, we three have been keeping Ryan uh, Brawley, also known as Ryan the Cable Viewer, sane. So a great man. We love him very much. Shout out to Ryan. Ryan. As R-TX sane TV. as
0: we can. As sane as we can. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. He's great. All right. Well, thank you both for joining me. Thank you, Seth. For I hope having you guys us. have a safe week.
2: You too. You too. All right. Bye. Guys on Hangouts.